What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for third. What is that? This is Tuesday. Ten or Wednesday. Wednesday. Sorry, October sixteenth. Start, Imran. I know. I forgot to change the. I changed the date, but not the actual day name in this. Wednesday, October sixteenth, twenty nineteen. I'm your host, Imran Khan. Joining me today is the Mister Universe of Video Gaming, Gary Winner. Mister Universe of Video Mr. Gaming. Mister Universe of Video Where'd Gaming. Where did you get that one from? Because I was thinking about last time when we hosted, and you became the first male titty streamer for Twitch. Oh God, was that was that the last? That, that feels like a lifetime ago. That was like three weeks ago, I think. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Also, Sarah's friend. Yeah. But you that make I feel like that would make you Mr. Universe of video gaming right there. I suppose. I can't do like the, the peck pumping thing yeah. that I Have would you tried? I've I've never tried. Have you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nick does it all the time, so he makes everyone. Well, but like, Nick's, uh, but Nick's actually in no. Good but shape. I'm saying like when he does it, everyone gives it a try. Oh, well, no, it's embarrassing. A lot of sirens on our end. Sorry about that. <laughs> We went. We ways. went to this. Uh, we went to this kids. We took my kid to see this. Um, okay. She really likes this science podcast. It's called Wow in the World. It's like a science podcast for kids. Right. Oh. She loves it, and they had a live version of it on 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 the, on stage mm-hmm. that you could go see. Uh, and we took her to see it. And one of the interesting science facts they pointed out is that um, you, it's impossible to lick your own elbow. And and uh, the other science fact they pointed out is that when you point that out, lots of people will immediately try to do it, as you just did. I didn't try. And as I looked, people I watching, like... as people listening and watching at home right now, I guarantee you, some of you are trying to lick your own elbow and none as we speak, and losers. none of you will succeed. I feel like there's one person who's like, "Yeah, I could do it." Yeah, that's like, I mean, probably like maybe a contortionist. I don't yeah. think even a contortionist. It's just too far away, and there's no way. I don't think even like Gene Simmons could do it. And he's got a really long time. And he's got. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. Hmm. I, I loved. I love the fact that you immediately tried it. <laughs> I looked and I was like, hmm. And I was like, okay, what is the reasonable way I could do, do this? But you look like a character from Beetlejuice in that jacket, by the way. You <laughs> I were, do. You were just drowning in that jacket. You know, you want to look like David. You know, remember David Byrne in the Talking Heads video where he's wearing the ridiculously large jacket? Yes. That's what you. That's what you look. I like. appreciate it. And like, I thought yesterday I was going to be off the hook because I went to the studio and I couldn't find it in the back room, and it what like it just wasn't there. And I come back in here. And like, oh, Greg just left it out here for me to put on. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, it still works. Yeah, at this point, I'm committed. Like, yeah, I've got to be into like wear it every day. All right. Oh, so, by the way, so uh, Kevin, did you don't say the thing that we talked about, right? <laughs> or do which one was it again? Don't. don't don't say it. Don't. Okay. All right. I won't. Okay. I'm Security glad, concerns. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought it up, though. Okay. <laughs> You gotta I get. Wanna, the I just want to make sure I don't get it wrong. Don't say it. Okay. You gotta get the messaging correct. <laughs> All right. Okay. I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of funny games daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live, right here on Twitch.tv/slash Kind of Funny Games, where we run you through all the nerdy video game news that's fit to listen to. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com/slash You're Wrong. To be part of the show, head to Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games, where bronze members or above get to write in, or silver silver members or above get to the show ad free. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames or listen later by searching Kind of Funny Games Daily on podcast services around the globe. Today's stories include Riot Games makes good on the plural part of their name, The Outer Wild is only enhanced for Microsoft's console, and Vampire the Masquerade gets hit with a delay. But before we get all that, let's get a little bit of housekeeping. This weekend, Kind of Funny is taking Toronto. EGLX is Saturday and Sunday. You can check it out at kindoffunny.com events, but listen to the schedule right here. 
At Saturday at 12.30 p.m., there will be an autograph session. Saturday at 7.30 p.m., there will be the Smash Brothers Royal Rumble on the main stage. And Sunday at 11 a.m., there's the Kind of Funny panel on that same main stage. Hopefully, they cleaned it before the two days. What is uh, EGLX? I don't know offhand. Kevin, do you know? I think some Canadian thing. Yeah. They're doing a lot of Canadian stuff lately, aren't they? You know how it is, man. Mm. Kind of funny is going is going uh, north. I believe Jen. It's hundred percent Jen. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be. It's the Jen influence. Yeah. It's like what about Canada a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's an easy thing to sneak in there. Speaking of sneaking in there, Extra Life is Saturday eleven or Saturday November second. Twenty four hours of games for charity. Join us now at kindoffunny.com slash extra life or watch on the actual day. If you've never seen Extra Life, it is. Us being awake for 24 hours in an attempt to oh God, that's always raise horrible. money for charity. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to... I don't think I'm going to be able to pull off the full 24 hours. No, no, don't, don't try to do that. Yeah. Just, just do a little pop-in. Do a segment. If you're smart, just I will, do a I will try and stick around for as long as possible, but I think I am going to like find a place in here to sleep. It's a fun, it's a fun time. We, yeah. we usually have uh, an inflatable mattress in the back room set up for anyone that wants to sleep that uh, is, is trying to do the full What are the mattress hours. share rules? Like, if someone's already in there, do you pop on next to them? I mean, that is all per conversation. <laughs> yeah, I think that's <laughs> to be... Yeah. Yeah, figure, figure that out amongst yourselves. Like, if Tim Geddes is there, I, I feel like I'm allowed to pop on. If Tim Geddes right. is on the mattress, I'm definitely... Definitely popping on there. <laughs> Maybe a little spoon. Do, do you think Tim would prefer to be the big spoon or the little spoon? I know for a fact that he wants to be the knife that's set aside. You know? Just on his own. Mm. So what, you why do you know that for a to that, fact? To that spoon in? Uh, I mean, he might do it for you. Certainly yeah. he'll fight me off. The thing is, when he's asleep, he can't really say anything. So nope, that's okay. That's all right, now we're getting into some. Yeah. <laughs> that's, now that's we're getting not, into a dodgy area. Not, not for everyone, just for Tim Geddes. All right. Okay, sure. So thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack and Muhammad Muhammad. Today we're brought to you by Brooklyn and Manscaped and Escape the Invasion. But I'll tell you about those later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> it's time for some news. We got three stories today. Oh, Baker's Dozen! So last night, Riot, Riot Games, the creators of League of Legends, announced a bunch of games. Yeah, I saw, I saw, I saw some of this news. So we're going to go break down everything from a, a Eurogamer story by Imogen Beckling. Uh, League of Legends just celebrated its 10-year anniversary, and Riot Games took the opportunity to announce a bunch of new games and projects in the pipeline. Did they actually have some kind of event, or did they just blurt this all out online? I believe it was a live stream. Okay. Yeah. All right. So they showed like a little couple of trailers and stuff like that, and I believe like their executives were on there. But it was like a Nintendo Direct kind of thing, I, but for Riot. I think I didn't actually watch it live, so I'm not positive. But okay. I do. I do believe it was live streamed. You go to kindoffunny.com unless you're wrong to let us know. But I don't think it was just like, here's some Twitter posts of right. various clips. For starters, the developer revealed it was branching out into the world of, op- our world of strategy card games in Legends of Run- Rune- Terra, Sorry, It will be free-to-play and, free and feature cards based off notable League of Legends characters, as well as new characters from the titular region. Runeterra will have both free and paid ways to get cards. There are no surprise mechanics in this one, however, as players will be able to buy any card they want with currency they've bought or earned in-game. It launched in 2020 for both PC and mobile. It is now open for pre-registration. Next up, we've got Arcane, animated series based off League of Legends, developed and produced by Riot Games, releasing in 2020. It follows the story of two LOL champions in... in I'm sorry, if I... League of Legends fans, I'm sorry for getting the pronunciations wrong. I think you nailed it. In Piltover, in the oppressed underground of Zaun. Though we don't know exactly who the main characters will be, the trailer seems to 
have appearances from both Jinx and V. So it's possible they would be pretty central to the plot. I wonder how they're going to distribute that show. That's a good point. Like they could put it out on their own thing, or they could team up with you know. Yeah, maybe like they should Hulu get in contact with Netflix us. We'll like they haven't announced that. Yeah, I mean, they can just again they can just put it out through their own. They their could. Own channels. Netflix, I feel like, is the better bet. But maybe that's me being a like a media, media traditionalist. But they could just put it on the they YouTube could. channel. I mean, I, my my guess is that they have fully financed it themselves, so yeah. they don't need a. Yeah, this they don't is, need a partner. This is Riot who has at one point been talking about making their own internet. Like they have the money to make just a TV like in show. Silicon Valley. Yeah, just probably less comedic and more fart jokes. I guess hopefully more successful. Yeah, the Team Fight Tactics Riot's answer to the auto chess craze is coming to mobile early next year. Pre-registration is on the Google Play Store and goes live on October sixteenth, which is today. The developer also revealed his plan to release new sets of champions and abilities every three to four months for both the PC and mobile versions. The next set launches on PC on the 5th of November. R- named Rise of the Elements, the update will feature content based around, you guessed it, the Elementals. League of Legends Wild Rift is a redesigned 5 vs. Five, five, 5 MOBA coming to Android, iOS, and consoles. It features a lot of the same gameplay as League of Legends on PC, but has been built completely, or been completely rebuilt from the ground up to make a more polished experience for players on other platforms. Wild Rift launches on mobile sometime in 2020, and pre-registration is open now on the Google Play Store for this one, too. Now, for the more, some of the more interesting choices are games they announced yesterday. Riot has announced that it will be making its very own competitive shooter, codenamed Project A. It will be a tactical, character-based game set in a near-future Earth. And each character will have unique abilities to help them in combat. That's about all we know so far, but more details will be revealed next year. There's a few other bits and pieces to round up, too. Project L, a fighting game set in the League of Legends universe, is in early stages of development. Project F, a very early development project about a potential multiplayer experience involving Runeterra. League of Legends Origins, a feature-linked documentary on League of Legends community. And League of Legends Esports Manager, a team management game that will launch the LOL Pro League next year. So, Gary, does any of this leap out to you? Does any of it what? Leap out at you. Like, this is a thing I'm interested in. Um, no. I mean, me personally, no, <laughs> because mm-hmm. I don't play League of Legends. It's not an area of interest for me. But, I mean, there's, I mean, maybe the shooter will be good. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I, I might play that if it's interesting. I mean, this, just as in my position here as a commentator, mm-hmm. as an analyst, observer, whatever you want to call it, I think this this is a move that seems like it makes a lot of sense. You know, Riot Games, you know, as, as we said... Uh, in the headline, it's been Riot Game yeah. up until this point, right? And even though they could probably continue to operate very, very profitably off simply League of Legends for years to come, mm. it makes sense, I think, to diversify and, and, and spread out and do different things. What if League of Legends goes off the boil one day? I mean, it's hard right. to see it happening, but nothing lasts forever. It makes sense for them to diversify and do... I imagine it's much more interesting for people at the company to be working on more than just the same game over and over. That can probably get boring. They want to branch out. They have different ideas, want to try new things. I think Riot Games seems to be here now uh, positioning themselves as more of a, of a fully rounded competitor to someone like Valve or Blizzard, you know, where they mm-hmm. have fingers in lots of different pies. If you, I mean, Valve and Blizzard. Valve has, has its tactical shooters. It has, you know, Counter-Strike and Team Fortress. It has its card game, I guess. It still, it still exists, I guess. I guess. Still, I, guess. I guess it still has a card game. Yeah. Um, and, of course, it has its, it, of course it has, uh, its Dota game and, um, and Team Fight Tactics. Uh, sorry, and um, uh, Dota Underlords. Underlords, yeah. right, right. Team Fight Tactics is the is the is the, the, is Riot, the Riot version. version. Yeah. Um, and Blizzard, obviously, Blizzard have their very popular card game. Uh, they have their tactical shooter. Uh, they have their 
you know, they, they have more stuff. Right. Um, and so it makes sense, I think, for Riot to be a company that has more stuff. Yeah, it definitely sounds like they looked at what those companies were doing. Like, my, in my mind, the first one is Blizzard, but you're correct. Valve is also one of the ones they're looking at with these games going, well, we can just do our own shooter with our own characters and, like, let's see how that goes. Right. Our own fighting game because they, uh, they bought a developer for that specifically and they haven't done anything for the last couple of years, so it's surprising it's still that early. Yeah, and they have a, with League of Legends, they have a tremendously uh, potent and popular platform, right? Yeah. People really like League of Legends. They really like those characters. They really like the lore. Uh, and so it makes sense to, to break these things out. It's interesting that the, the, the shooting game sounds like it's going to be something completely different. That's not a League of Legends shooter. It's talking about League of Legends fight and get, fighting game and other things, but I, I like the idea. Again, Valve doesn't have just one universe. Right? Yeah. Blizzard doesn't have just one universe. Yeah, Overwatch several. is not a Warcraft or Starcraft game. It's right. Overwatch. Overwatch is its own thing, yeah. and so I think it makes sense for Riot to diversify not just in terms of the genres of games that they're developing, but the worlds that they're developing. They're not putting all their chips in one stack. Again, even though League of Legends is a very stable stack of chips and it's going to continue to make money for a long time to come. Yeah. Diversify, spread out, try different things. They've got more money than God. Try, you know, use it, spend it, to do, do some new stuff. And so I think this is good. I will say one of the things that as I was learning about all, like look at these game reveals and like these look super cool. That fighting game looks interesting of the brief clip we got of it. I the thing that kind of stuck in my mind is all this stuff is going on with Blizzard right now. Yeah, Riot's also kind of doing the same thing. They haven't rescinded prizes or anything like that. They they just told their players we're not going to tolerate if anyone does this. Like, yeah, they 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 made kind of a mealy mouthed word salad statement about let's keep it focused on the game. Right? Yeah, which is their way of saying like don't step out of line. Yeah, we're going to advocate free speech. We, we don't like that. We will punish you, but yeah. just try not to get punished. Right. Right. Which like I, I can't be. Ex- angry at Blizzard at the same time and be like forgiving of Riot and excited about Riot. But Riot, Riot, have, Riot have just indicated, they did kind of the bullshit LeBron thing where they kind of went, ooh, you know, too, you know, let's be careful here. Let's not jump to conclusions. Yeah. Which, you know, to me is capitulation anyway. But they've also been kind of a shitty company by not for a making, while. They, yeah, they've had a lot of problems with, you know, harassment and stuff like that. You know, they, they, Riot is definitely a company with a with a um, kind of a mixed bag uh, image. Mm-hmm. But again, what we talked about uh, the other day, I don't want to get too off track here because we're supposed to be talking about Riot's you know, new right. games. But um, when I was last on the show talking about Blizzard and like the situation with Blizzard's only gotten way worse since I was here a week and a week, like it's even gotten, it's gotten worse. I think there's a chance that they, I don't think they will, but I wouldn't rule it out that they cancel BlizzCon. Because I think they're looking at BlizzCon and thinking this is going to be a shit show. I think but that's that's yeah. a topic for another day. I think that Riot, having seen what has happened to Blizzard, must surely now view that as a cautionary tale. Like, let's not fuck up the way they just did. Because mm-hmm. we, we, we see now just how badly this can blow back. And people are now so pent up over the Blizzard thing. They're just waiting for someone else to fuck right. up. And Riot is primed to fuck up because they are majority owned by Tencent. 100% owned. Yeah. So if... Tencent did want to exercise control, they would have more control over Riot than they would say Epic Games. Yes. Or like there. Yes. But it is, it, that is a concern for me, but at the same time, like the games do look cool. I'm just not immediately I mean, forgiving. I, again, I'm not a League of Legends guy, but you know, Riot obviously are a company, you know, everything else aside, mm-hmm. are, are good at making, I was going to say good at making games, but they're good at making a game. Yes. Let's see if they're also good at making games. They're very good at making those characters popular for the like, because there was that, 
people I d- who don't even play video games saw that one like K-pop League of Legends music video, right? And they like they were linking me to it. Like, have you seen this thing? It's cool. They make terrific cinematics. They've got, like I said, they've got infinite money. They've got a very very large team over there. Um, again, I think from a from a business perspective, it makes total sense, and from a creative perspective, it makes total sense to kind of spread their wings a little bit and try try different things. They've got the resources. Like I said, it's probably... I, I imagine after a while it gets a bit boring just being a one-game company. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to try new things. Yeah. So I, I, I... Like I said, the fighting game is probably not going to be for me. The shooter might be. I mean, I like to... I, I don't play it anymore, but I liked Overwatch for a while. I like mm-hmm. Team Fortress is one of my all-time favorite games. Speaking so let's of, see what yeah. they do. Speaking of the shooter, BJ Bernardo wrote in to ask, Hey, y'all. What can Riot Games do differently to separate Project A from the very crowded first-person online shooter scene? If you've played LOL, what unique mechanics could they bring over? Thanks, BJ. Well, so we, let's just establish again, it's not an LOL-based yes. shooter. It's a different Well, universe. it's not right now. Who knows what the future could bring? Like, they could make it an LOL-based shooter. It doesn't appear. To. It, seems to be something, it seems to be kind of set more like contemporary Earthbound yeah, it, kind it of se- thing. It struck me more Counter-Strike-like than anything else but yeah um i don't know do you do you think that they would need to do something radically different to to to, to carve out a bit of that space i mean or could they just do their version of whatever else so here's here's another class-based shooter like apex like overwatch like team fortress 2 i think that's a good way to get attention for a month but i think if you're trying to do something long term you need to at least have something compelling a compelling hook there whether There's that's just so much competition in that yeah. space it's a very crowded space like they have the money to push it into people's lives. Like, it's a question of like, what could that hook be? And the, it's an impossible question to answer because if I knew that, I would be working for Riot and doing the game designs for them. Right. But I do think there is there are things with the first person shooter genre, with the competitive genre, with the Counter Strike likes and the Overwatch likes and all that that have not been tapped quite yet. And if they're if they wanted to bring a more mobile like mentality into it, it's not specifically a LOL shooter. But if they wanted to try that, it might catch on. Like who, if you told me a year and a half before Fortnite came out, before PUBG, all that that battle royale is going to be the next big thing, the first battle royale will catch on. The second battle royale, which is a cartoony thing split off from something else, would take the world by storm. Then I would be like, no, that's insane. That would never happen. Like people like their Call of Duties way too much. But it turns out that if you want to expand the industry with a newly thought out idea... Yeah, you never know what's around the corner. I, for a long time, um, have, have said that, you know, the, 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 the first-person shooter genre um, is very stale. And, mm-hmm. it's very, and it's so mature and it's so locked in its ways. You know, there's Deathmatch, there's Capture the Flag, there's, you know, the, uh, you know checkpoints, uh, different kinds of things. We've been playing... The, like, it's like, where's the new thing coming from? And then Battle Royale came along and totally reinvented the space and, right. and, 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 and turned the industry on its head. Now everyone obviously is trying to do their version of Battle Royale. The question is, what is the next... I don't think Riot is going to be satisfied saying, well, here's our entry into the Battle Royale space. I think they want to come up with what the, whatever the next Battle Royale is going to be, like right. the next big... And, and, and now we're going to now we're going to turn the industry on its head again. Whether, whether whether they think that's necessary or whether they think they can just rest on that and say, hey, the hook is it's the Riot version of the game. Like yeah. you love Riot, right? That this would kind of suck. Yeah, that would not be that would be kind of lazy, I think. But you never know. Yeah, maybe they do have something like I feel like they would not go ahead with this game if they didn't have something compelling to make well, it. Well, I mean, look, OK, so let's use Overwatch as an example. Overwatch came into that space mm-hmm. and dominated. Right, Overwatch is a very, very successful popular game right um but what did it really bring that wasn't already there 
in terms of Team Fortress 2 and Counter-Strike and other, you know, it's particularly, I mean, for me, Overwatch really just very much was Team Fortress 2. Here's a class-based shooter with a bunch of different uh, map styles and things to do. They just, you know, they it was a larger, it was a, I think what they did was they just iterated and improved on an existing theme. They didn't reinvent the wheel. Right. They, you know, Team Fro here's Team Fortress, you've got like six or seven different classes. Overwatch, well, here's 30. And somehow we've managed to all balance them and make it work. It was, But it was basically an evolution uh, of of an existing theme rather than, but what sold it was, it was the blizzard version. So all mm. of the, it was blizzard personality, all, 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 and yeah, all of the and, polish yeah. and all of the high end stuff that you expect, top quality game design, top quality production values, top quality, you know, support on the back end, And you know, the esports infrastructure was there. Like they really went all out to make it, you know, blizzardy. Yeah. And that was enough. I would argue that one of overwatch's best virtues is that it was so much more accessible for, like, the average player. If you're not someone who's big into first-person shooters, you could go in with a character and, like, it would show you their three things. Right. And then uh, you could just aim the cursor over them and hit mouse one or whatever. And that will that gave you an, an instant leap into that game, and you were able to figure things out very quickly from then on. If what League of Legends wants to do is take an existing template, let's say Counter-Strike, let's say the team-based shooter where you buy things at the beginning of a round and all that jazz, and then make it more accessible for the average person. Like, not just people who are, you know, playing hardcore first-person shooters or whatever. Counter-Strike is huge, but it can always expand. I think not only will that succeed better, but I think it would succeed great in China, which I think is part of, like, Tencent, or not Tencent, Riot's overall gaming plan with all these games. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting point, because I think, like, one of the problems that I have with Overwatch is that I feel like, I was playing Overwatch since it first came out, and yeah. I understand the mechanics of team-based shooters, so I've got no problem with it. I wonder how accessible a game like Overwatch is at this point to like a total noob coming in. But I, I, if I jumped into Overwatch for the first time today, not knowing much about the mechanics of team-based uh, of class-based shooters, I would be completely overwhelmed by yeah. it. No, I, I here's a guy with a shield. This guy's got this thing, and like, there's so much to there's so much to know. It used to be quake, just run around, shoot each other, pick up some stuff. Yeah. Now it's like it's almost like a it's almost like a game of real time chess, with so many different players that are kind of countering and and counter countering each other's you know uh, special abilities and stuff. Well, that's kind and of the problem with like extremely extremely tactical, and yeah. there's a lot to learn. That's kind of the problem with games as a service in general is if you've been out of the loop for so long, it's the people who remain are people who are good at it. Yeah. So, like, I am afraid... It, granted, I'm not playing Overwatch right now because, like, it bums me out yeah. just to play it. Yeah. But if, if I left back in, it would probably be about a year. I think Bridgie was the last character, like, that came out when I yeah. last played. Yeah. It would be a long time since I play it, and I'm worried that, like, I will be left behind. I will see a character yeah, no, I don't I know who I'm it's doing. Kind of like a, it's kind of like a soap opera. I used to watch soap operas back then. I don't watch them <laughs> so much anymore, but I used to. Mm -hmm. And then like, if you stop watching them for a bit, and then you come back after a few months, you're like, wait, who's, who's this fucking guy? Like, yeah. the story's moved on, and you've got to catch up. And Overwatch is kind of like that. I used to be pretty decent at Overwatch. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say, well, no, I wouldn't say decent, but, like, mediocre at best. I could, I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't so bad that I didn't enjoy playing it. Right. Um, I, I could get by. And when you play with friends, it's really great. But I haven't played, there's probably been like half a dozen new characters mm -hmm. introduced since I last played on the regular. 
And so the and, and those new characters fundamentally alter the dynamics of the game. And so if I were to start playing now, I'd be completely lost all over again. I would yeah. have to play catch up in terms of oh, this guy's got a got this kind of thing and he's got this ability. I have to learn all this new stuff. So it, I actually think something like Overwatch, as much as Blizzard. Um, why, how we got derailed into <laughs> talking about this, I don't know. Well, I guess we're talking about Riot's shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess to bring it back to that, I would love it if Riot could make it as noob-friendly as possible. Right. Because honestly, if they're, if they're looking to bring new people in, and obviously all of their massive existing Riot Games fan base will come over, and that's a great advantage that they have, the same way that Blizzard and Valve have that. If they bring out something new, yeah. they know that people will flock to it, artifacts notwithstanding. Um, for the most part, people will at least try it. Yeah. Right. Especially um, if it's free. But beyond, I don't think you can just rely on your existing hardcore fan base. Again, I look at something like Overwatch, and I think a new player would find that completely overwhelming. Mm. Um, and I think the opportunity would be let's do a game that is noob friendly. Still, you know, still has enough tactical sophistication in it that high end people and esports guys can really, you know, have something to to get their teeth into. But make it easy to, to for new players as well. Yeah, you want a step ladder, and you want an actual ladder at some yeah. point. Yeah. Which hopefully they're able to do, but let's move on a little bit from Riot to Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 has been delayed by months. This is from IGN by Matt Perslow. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 has been delayed from its original Q1 2020 launch window. It will now release later in the year. Announced by developer Hardsuit Lab CEO Andy Kipling and Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 1 and 2 scribe Brian Mitsoda, the delay was detailed in a blog post on the Vampire website today. Today, we have to tell you that we that we need some time to get you to get you the game you've been waiting for, the post says. Although Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 will still launch in 2020, we decided to value quality over making the Q1 launch window. The post notes that the extra time will ensure that the game lives up to the legacy of the original Bloodlines game. This includes branching storylines in both character and world building. There's also a nod to the original game's infamous buggy state. That there's a responsibility to avoid some of the issues that plagued the first game. It was famously launched too early, explains the post. Hardsuit lets a hasn't detailed how many months Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 will be delayed by, but promises more details at PDXCon on Saturday, October 21st. There will also be a Reddit AMA held the following Sunday to answer fan questions. Were you a big fan of the first game, Gary? No. Well, I wasn't. I mean, I, I never played it, so really? I, I had no. I have no dog in this fight. I figure like an old school PC gamer like you would be like super into Vampire the Masquerade. No, I'm not really into the vampire gothy thing. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not for me. I understand that this is a very popular game with with many people. It's not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. It is interesting though that they're able to like say, "Hey, we know the last game was buggy, and that was like." 20 years ago at this look, point. I, look, yeah. I, I imagine there will some, be some people out there who have been eagerly anticipating this game who will be disappointed to learn that they have to wait a little bit longer. Right. But I think these stories, I don't look at these as negative stories. I look right. at these as positive stories. Are, developers are learning from their past mistakes, taking the time to get things right. Um, you know, it's not like, yeah, we have to wait a bit longer, but just keep on living your life, play other games. Don't mm-hmm. worry about it. You've got other things to do. It's not like waiting for a bus. <laughs> where you just where you just have where you're just stuck there. There's nothing for you to do. You just have to wait for the bus. Just get get on with your life. Go live your life. Play other games. Do other things. The game will come out when it's ready. Right. I've always been like, as somebody who watches the internet reaction to things, I've always been interested to see how people react to a game that is made by developers and publishers and whatever and delayed a little bit, and a game that is crowdfunded and then delayed. 
Because a game that's crowdfunded and delayed gets so many more people, whether they're cra- they've crowdfunded it or not. There's a greater sense off. of ent- entitlement yeah. with the crowdfunded games. But this, like, people are like, they gave their reasoning. Was that Kevin? I was just going to say, with the crowdfunded games, I feel like there's, it's like usually people have bought the game, you know, and like right. now they're expecting it to hit a certain date. Where I don't think that the people being like upset is totally like unacceptable. Right. No, I agree that people. It, I feel like they're entitled for a reason because they paid for it. Yeah, I think yeah. that's. I think that's fine. In 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 a in a typical case like this, though, mm. where people just people just have to wait a little bit longer to spend money on the game. So what? Yeah. yeah true. It depends on how how people voice their upset. Like if it's if you've crowdfunded a game, like let's say I crowdfunded Bloodstained. Uh, that game took a long time to come out. It took I think I crowdfunded in 2014, 2015. Oh wow. And, and it only just came out. It only just came out, and it wasn't a great shape when it did come out. But, like, people, every time that game got delayed, I looked at the comments for it, and it was people being like, how dare you? Like, there's no way a 2D game takes this long to come out. It's a lot of people misunderstanding how game development works. But with, when it's an easier thing to say this sort of thing of, like, we want to make sure the game is better. We don't want to give you shit. Yeah, and the and the people that delay the Kickstarter games would 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 make the same argument. Yes. There's just a greater sense of, I mean, and I don't, I don't even mean entitlement in necessarily a bad way. I, I think it's legitimate entitlement. If they've already taken your money, mm-hmm. then there's more of a reason to get a bit annoyed when the game is being delayed. If they've already cashed the check, they can understand why you'd be more irritated. That the game is taken forever. Don't forget, a lot of these Kickstarter games. They just don't. They just don't come out at all. They just get. They get delayed, yeah. delayed, and then the next. And then the next um, update is. Oh, sorry, it's cancelled. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll get your money back. Maybe you won't. I spent a long time trying to find the people responsible for Mighty Number no. 9's 3DS and PSP or Vita versions, and I just can't find them. They've never officially cancelled those versions, and the the company that was developing the game got bought by Level Five. The company that's publishing the game just doesn't want to talk about it. I think you have to understand that when you back a Kickstarter. There are all, all. I think almost all Kickstarters are a little bit shady, don't yeah. you? It's like you know, you, like you, you Kickstarter is mature enough now, and we've seen enough Kickstarter projects go south. That just caveat emptor, right? Like mm-hmm. you, if you really want to back it, back it. But understand that you're taking on a little bit of a risk that this could be a scam. It could be a bunch of people that don't know what the fuck they're doing. Right. You just don't know. And if and if you get burned, you know, you, you just make, just at least know that you went in with your eyes open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you if you go into a Kickstarter, know that you're just paying for the development of a thing. You're not necessarily paying for the end result of the product, which is shitty, but that's kind of the way it works. Anyway, moving on. The Outer Worlds will only be enhanced for Xbox One X, not PS4 Pro. GameSpot by Jordan Remy. As writing the story, publisher Private Division has announced that developer Obsidian Entertainment's upcoming game, The Outer Worlds, will only be a hands on Xbox One X. It's a surprising move given that most games available on X One X and PS4 Pro are enhanced on both consoles. In a statement to Windows Central, a Private Division spokesperson said that The Outer Worlds will only support 4K resolution on Xbox One, no enhancements for PS4 Pro. That means you will be able to play The Outer Worlds in 4K on Xbox One X and PC with the PS4 cra- PS4 Pro capping at 1080p. 
Though neither Private Division nor Obsidian Entertainment added why PS4 Pro wouldn't support the Outer Worlds of 4K when Xbox One X will, it's worth noting that Microsoft acquired Obsidian back in 2018. That's not to say Microsoft's relationship with Obsidian is the sole reason this is happening. Again, there's been no announced official reasoning, but it's good context to have when viewing the situation. So do you have either of the enhanced consoles? I have both. Okay. You, so you have your choice of like where to get this. Do you think PS4 Pro owners could be reasonably pissed about this? There's a couple of things I'm not entirely clear about. It says that at 4K on Xbox One X and PC, I get that. Mm-hmm. PS4, PS4 Pro capping at 1080p. Right. It does regular PS4 also cap at 1080p? Yeah, there's, there's no, no difference, there's no difference between, between the PS4 versions. and the PS4 Pro version. Right. I always get the Xbox, when, when, when they're enhanced, I always get the Xbox One X version. Because mm-hmm. as I've said before on the show, it, it's it's one area where the where the Xbox is clearly superior to the PS4. Right. The Xbox One X version is almost always noticeably better than the PS4 Pro version. Mm-hmm. The PS4 Pro enhancements to me are shitty. Like Borderlands Three on PS4 Pro is virtually unplayable in 4K resolution mode. Unplayable. Mm-hmm. You you have to play in the with the, the in the frame rate mode. Right. Um, use, and, and, mo- and you'll notice that most games on PS4 Pro will give you the option: Do you want to favor resolution or frame rate? Because the because the because the PS4 Pro just isn't powerful enough to do yeah, both. The CPU limited. Xbox One X much much less often asks you to make that choice because it can actually do both. Yeah, and that's mark- Microsoft's entire marketing slogan for that thing is: It's the best place to play third Way party more, games. It's not. It's not. And, it, and again, I've got both. I've played games on PS4 Pro. I've played games on Xbox One X. There's no comparison. The mm-hmm. Xbox One X is way, way more impressive graphically. Um, I, I was reading the story here and going, well, why would they make that? Dis- why would they make that choice? And then we got to the part about them being owned by Microsoft. Yeah. Case closed. Do you think that's the case? Yeah, of course it is. Hmm. That, if that is the case, I feel like. Why, what else? What other reason would there be? There's no other reason. I could. Well, it's Obsidian, so I could reasonably see that game just not being built well enough to take advantage of both consoles. Like they built it for. Are they built it in such a way that like, oh, well, we need the overhead. So the Xbox One X version just makes more sense to like enhance. We can't do it with the PS4 Pro. That said, like it is, I could, I think PS4 Pro owners are fair to be pissed off about that. That they don't get the enhancements while the Xbox One X version does. Because if that is Microsoft like exercising some muscle or saying like, hey, we're going to pay you to make our version better. Not necessarily that make the PS4 Pro version worse. But to make our version better, it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? I mean, look at Modern Warfare on uh, PlayStation mm-hmm. Four. O- only PlayStation Four owners get that specific survival game mode. You know, that's exclusive to PS4 Pro for uh, to PS4 for a whole year. Every- no one else gets that mode, and a lot of uh, Xbox and PC players are not happy about that. Companies make decisions based on what platform they want to favor, based on a variety of factors, not all of which seem. Like they make sense to us, but they've got their reasons for doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, for me, the P- the if you if, if you said to me if there was a game coming out on Xbox and it, and and it's not in and it's not enhanced for Xbox One X, I'd be disappointed because I know the Xbox One X version would be much better. Mm-hmm. If it's not if it's not enhanced for PS4 Pro, I'd kind of shrug because I know that the PS4 Pro version wasn't wasn't going to be that much better to begin with. The PS4 Pro is fucking weak compared to the Xbox One X. Those, those PS4 mm-hmm. Pro enhanced versions, when I see Xbox One X enhanced, I go, ooh, nice, it's going to look sweet. 
when I see PS4 Pro enhanced, I go, eh, what compromises am I going to have? What, what, what compromises am I going to have to make to get this running the way I want it to make? Good to go, because it's like that on every game. Mm-hmm. Do you the, think the like, Borderlands Three example is a, really egregious, Unpl- unplayable, really in resolution mode? I don't even know why they bother putting that mode in. Mm-hmm. I had, great, like, great in frame rate mode, shitty in resolution mode. Do you think that's a thing that like people are going to need to be worried about for the next like year until the next consoles come out of third party games kind of favoring one console over the other or one enhanced console? No, I think I I, I think this is an outlier. This 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 is a. This is a story because it's because it's weird, right? This yeah. doesn't usually happen. Usually, games when they're, if they're enhanced for one, they're enhanced for both. Mm-hmm. The fact that this isn't is worthy of news because that almost never happens. So I think you're going for the last year. You're going to continue to you're going to continue to see games when they're enhanced be enhanced on both platforms. Um, again, just know that the, I, I think the PS4 Pro guys got a bit of a little bit of a of a raw deal if i'd have paid an extra 100 bucks for a ps4 pro mm-hmm. i'd honestly be a little bit disappointed in terms of the enhancements that i'm seeing because they ain't they ain't that good i would i would make the argument that it's not that the, that's one issue with the ps4 pro the other is that you kind of need it like having a base ps4 and playing a lot of modern games just doesn't really fit that well like it's like control is a very good example like you need to play that on the ps4 pro or you're going to have a much worse experience. Right. Do you think when you start getting into, like, discussion of next-gen consoles uh, that you start worrying about, well, do I buy this at launch? Am I going to have to buy a half-step later or another enhanced version later? I, I, you know, I, th- I think that we're going to have the same thing that we have every console cycle where, like, in the, last, in the, in the coming year, uh, people are going to start, you know, thinking about whether or not they want to continue to invest in games for their current system. Or if they want to wait for the new one, you mm-hmm. know, you start, you know, you and when you know that new systems around the corner, um, you become a little bit, you know, you, you don't want you don't want to continue investing games for a system that you know will probably be gathering dust in a few months after you've upgraded to your shiny new PS5 or whatever. Yeah. So like the maximum value proposition for an enhanced console is to buy it at launch, which is in its own way kind of shitty. Right. Because like if you want the most time you're going, to, like the most use you're going to get out of that thing is to buy it. This when it's at its most expensive and least useful. Yeah, and of course the weird thing is it's also when the games are the least impressive and the games for the previous console are the most impressive because mm-hmm. having worked with the consoles for the last five years, the current generation of consoles for the last five years, developers have learned through experience how to squeeze every last bit of performance out of them. So right. the games that... This happens every generation, every, every, like Death Stranding, for example, which I'm sure is going to look fantastic, mm-hmm. is not a game that would have looked that good had it launched with the PS4 because it's taken all everything that, they've, that they, those developers and the development com- community as a whole has cumulatively learned about how to get the best out of the PS4. Right. You know what I mean? It's like the, the, the launch games for the PS5 will probably be the shittiest looking PS5 games. They'll look like games. PS4 games for right. the most part. No, they'll, no they'll, they'll look way better. They just won't look as good as the, as the games that are coming out several years later at the back end of the PS5 generation once developers have learned through experience how to get every last bit of performance out mm-hmm. of that out of that machine. It's usually very hard for me at uh, launch of a new system to like not tell the difference but like really see a discernible generational leap between a launch game versus the game at the end of the last generation. No, I agree. Like I, you know, when 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 was the last console uh uh transition? Do you think that you remember going, holy shit, that's next gen? 
Like that's 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 that, that is so clearly the next generation from what we just had. I think MGS two to MG or MGS three to MGS four was the one that was like. Oh man, and even MGS one to MGS two. You saw that. Was, you saw Metal, Metal Gear, Gear Solid, but that yeah. was on the same. But that wasn't on. The, was that on the same platform? One to two were different generations, and right? Three to four were different generations. Okay. So like three to four, because I played so much of three that when they showed actual in-game graphics, not like the first reveal trailer, but the actual like in-game thing, mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, this looks amazing. But when you start seeing like. There were some PS3 launch games that were just awful looking. Like you, you remember back when the 360 was first showing their initial perfect dark footage, and they showed Wall Guy, the guy standing against the wall, and it looked like a, it looked like a PS2 game at the time, just a higher resolution. Do you think when the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Scarlet come out, and we f- and we see the first real footage of these games running, will we be will we be like Sam Neill in Jurassic Park, going, or or, or will we be like? Yeah, that's definitely a bit better than what we had. Like, which which one do you think it's going to be? Is it going to be evolution or revolution? I think at the reveal they're going to show the be- they're going to put their best foot forward and show like this is the newest shit we've got. Right. It's like, look at how much better this looks than the PS4. And granted, the PS4 and Xbox One were at, we got we launched those consoles at a very weird time in terms of like CPU technology. Right. So they they were very limited by their processors. So this one should be a bit better that way, but. I I would assume were I Sony, I would lo- show that thing in February and say, "Here's the next Spider-Man, and here's how much better it looks." But the games that are going to come out next holiday, I don't think they're going to look that much more amazing. And again, not to belabor the point, but the problem is, I think, why sometimes they don't look like night and day different is you're comparing the back end of say PlayStation Four, mm-hmm. where developers have learned every nook and cranny of that machine. And those games are as good as they're ever... There's there's nothing more to be squeezed out of those systems performance-wise. They've learned every trick. Compared to PlayStation 5, which is a more powerful machine, but developers are still just now getting to grips with it and haven't yet learned how to fully maximize its, its potential. And I think that's why... I think if you, it's often unfair to compare the end of one generation with the beginning of another. Right. If you compare, I think if you actually took the time to say, okay, what did the ga- what did the games at the end of the PlayStation Three uh, generation look like compared to the games at the end of the PlayStation Four generation? That to me would be a more fair comparison. Yeah, and also there's other reasons like the dev kits just the final dev kits aren't in developer hands for a long time, so right. launch games are typically built on the previous generation and then like scaled yeah, up. Yeah, and, they, and like, they all have to hit, and don't forget those launch games all have to hit a hard date. Those games can't afford to slip. Yeah. Yeah. They have to ship when the when the system ships. Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of reasons why launch games um, honestly Just, yeah. aren't... They're often, even though they're the ones that have to sell the systems, ironically, they're the ones that are not... that aren't that great. Like, how many... It's funny. Think about, like, what were the, what were the great... Lo- like, Xbox One didn't launch with any really great games. Like, what was, what was the last... Remember fucking Rise? Like, the Roman <laughs> thing and all that shit? That nobody really cared about that stuff. Yeah. Um... Breath of the Wild, but that's a weird example. Xbox 360 launch lineup was terrible. Mm-hmm. Perfect Dark Zero and all of that shit. I pl- Fucking I d- knack. Come on. I didn't play either Perfect Dark game until Rare Replay, and I fin- like played Perfect Dark on that thing, and I was like, I loved it. This game is fucking amazing. I can't believe I missed this game. Nintendo aside, and I'm going to put this one in for you're wrong, and I ask you <laughs> to tell me you're right. N- Nintendo aside, because they always have bangers at launch. Mm-hmm. N- not, cl- not including Nintendo, what was the last game that launched with a console that was an absolute banger? I'm going to put it out there, Xbox on the original, sorry, Halo on the original Xbox. Halo is the big one I could think of. That was the, that was the I reviewed Halo for the official, the launch issue of the official Xbox magazine. They flew me up to 
Bungie and I and I sat in a room and, and played it mm-hmm. and I reviewed that game and that was the that was the that was the last time that I remember going yeah this is this is the next gen I'm yeah. fucking blown away by this game I don't know if that's happened since the PS2 had an amazing first year but I don't remember anything at launch PS3 PS3 had a weak li- lineup it had a weak ass lineup yeah I can't 360 had a weak lineup yeah it had Xbox a good, a One had a year. weak lineup yeah PS4 Killzone was that a launch game? That ah, come on! <laughs> if, 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 if you're saying Killzone, you know your argument is is bad. True, but like Resistance, come on! None of these games were bangers. Which Resistance was Fall that? of Man or whatever the alien shooter thing? Yeah, Resistance three launch one. title. I don't think it was. Lo- Maybe I'm wrong. Again, people. To- I think yeah. it was. You're wrong is going to be is going to be off the hook this week. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, they do have enough. They have enough stuff in the chambers for PS5 that I'm optimistic about a launch. Like, they've been talking pretty openly that, oh, Guerrilla Games is working on something, which is pretty obviously Horizon Just, too. Just remember that historically, consoles don't launch with great games. Well, I mean, there's reasons for that, too. Like, we just discussed the dev kit issue, but also, that is the most expensive a console will ever be yeah. for the smallest install base. Mm-hmm. Like the, and the de- developers have had the least time with it. Yeah. Let's assume that PS4 sell, or PS5 sells 5 million day one. Yeah. That's only 5 million people that can buy your new game. Right. So you want to expand that out because all 5 million people are not going to buy On it. the one hand, you get a lot of exposure because you get caught up in all of the console launch hype. Yeah. And Sony will go to bat or Microsoft will go to bat highlighting your game. But you're right. It's the smallest install base they'll ever be. Like, That's why they often will launch, um, you know, there'll, there'll be a PS4 and a PS5 version. They'll mm-hmm. try, let, let's, let's make sure that we get all of the mature user base of the previous generation don't forget ps4 is going to be around for a long time remember how long ps2 was around for was a, a long really time. long time ps3 was a good what was it 2006 I think, PS2, 2013? PS, I think they weren't they still releasing ps2 games like toward the end of the ps3 generation yeah or even into ps4 i want to say like, there were fifa games as recently yeah as like three FIFA years and man ago. like those type of games there I, I that's another when was the last i don't want to ask you're wrong this, <laughs> Go this is for a good it. one when was the what was the last what was the most recent PS2 game that was released. I would love to, like, officially, but not like Homebrew or something, but like a real... Mm-hmm. I, bet it, I bet it was like FIFA 17 or something like that. I bet it was as recently as, yeah, 2017, 2016. Yeah. Those would make sense. Because people are still playing those games. They still have those consoles. Not everyone is a fucking high-rolling... 1% early adopter like you and me, Imran. <laughs> I was thinking about it today of already like, oh, well, I've got these Best Buy gift cards. I'll just use them for the new consoles. Yeah. Like, I... That's a... That is a long way away, but if I wanted to know what is coming to the mom and grop shops oh. today, oh, I felt that one. Where would I look? Oh, that one gave me a stitch, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I've got a stitch in my side. <laughs> 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 The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. It's good. Out today is Chernobylite on PC, Little Town Hero on Switch. I've seen some divisive stuff about that game. What do you think Chernobylite is? Is I'm it a guess- Chino- is like Chino- Can you look that up, Kevin? On it. I would guess it's a Chernobyl. Because I, like- saw, I saw, I saw um, a trailer the other day for a Chernobyl uh, nuclear reactor meltdown simulator that was l- l- terrifying but it looked really interesting hmm. it might be that game yeah i, I think yeah. this is something different but i'd like to know what this is a yeah, little town heroes out on switch i had two friends one told me like wow this game they both complained about the same boss fight that lasted them both what is minutes. little town hero it's game freaks new rpg okay. so it's not like a full scale like pokemon style thing all right we're gonna look right. at chernobylite real quick it's on pc 
1080p, 60 frames a second. <laughs> from Iron Video Games, which is... No, Crone. Crone? Oh, Crone. Okay. Well, no, oh, I it's... Okay. That's the YouTube channel. Are we go oh, okay, so it looks like we're exploring the... Um, the uh, the ruins, the abandoned ruins of Chernobyl. I'm kind of into this, actually. Oh, it's all weird. This what, get, oh, this like, yeah, it got it got weird all of a sudden. This is getting a little straight. Jump forward a little bit again, Kevin. Okay, so you've got your uh, you've got your Ronken uh, 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 meter. Mm -hmm. Gary, I don't like this. this oh, your decimeter, that's what it's called. Gary, did like you watch it. that show, Imran? <laughs> which one? Chernobyl? Chernobyl. I did not. You should watch it. It's terrific. Okay, which what service was it on? HBO. HBO, okay. I can you probably watched watch it, that. Kevin, right? Uh, I watched some of it. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> well, uh, Paula didn't like it. So Who didn't like it? Paula wife, didn't like it? My wife, Paula. Huh. I thought but, it was good. Uh, I, no, I, All right, so the, okay, so it's a first-person no. creepy Chernobyl exploring like thing. I might look into that. I... I'm more interested in it if it doesn't involve supernatural stuff. Like, if you start including that stuff, then I'm getting a little, like, off-board. Yeah, I feel like that's interesting enough just by yeah. itself, right? Yeah, like, there's a very Edith Finch kind of vibe yeah. to it. All right, Musasabi is out today on PC. Ping Redox is out today on PC and Mac. Shock Rods are out today, is out today on PC. Planet Destroyer is out today on PC. And Z-H-E-D-Z is out on... A, a puzzle game is out today on PC and Mac. New dates! The Death Stranding review embargo is up on November 1st. I can't talk about it at all, but we will talk about it on the November 1st games. Wait, so does that mean that people are reviewing it right now? Yes. Does that mean you're reviewing it right now? Yes. Ah. <laughs> Interesting. We are we were allowed to say it as of 12 a.m. last night. <laughs> so as of 12 a.m. last night, you're allowed to there was an embargo on whether or not you, you even were allowed, allowed to say to say you have point. the game so and you are now you are now allowed to say that you have it and you're playing it. Yes. But you can't say how much you but like it. You can't say how you it. feel about it. Not at all. Okay. Well, I cannot say how I feel about it at all. I can I'm yes. interested to talk to you once this show is over. We will have a discussion about maybe Death Stranding. Who knows? Probably. <laughs> Wait, not. Are you we'll allowed see. to talk about it? At all? Or only in public? <laughs> I don't think it... If there is a vow of secrecy on embargoes, I've never seen it enforced. I think that, like, They're also, not going to know about our both, private conversations. We're both embargoes. Except, so. except yes. when we announce <laughs> them on the show. We're embargo buddies. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll, we'll talk about that. Friend EA <laughs> after the Friend show. Friend EA, yes. Friend EA. All right. Another new date, and this came up... I didn't put it as a news story because it was still breaking while we was... They were still announcing it as I was putting in news. Oh, yeah. I saw this today. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Analog has announced the Analog Pocket, a Game Boy variation with a high-contrast screen that supports Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance, and will support Game Gear, Neo Geo Pocket Color, and links with a cartridge adapter. Will include an adopt or include a dock with HDMI out for one ninety nine in twenty twenty. So a lot of people are excited about this today. Yeah. So I don't know if anyone has ever seen these things, but they're basically like they've made like NES and SNES. Basically, they recreate the original hardware, then make it digital. So there's an HDMI out, and it will support all the initial, original games with a cart slot. So they've done this for, like I said, the NES, the uh, Kevin has pulled it up right now. Yeah, Lo I mean, it looks like yeah, it a looks very fancy. sleek, That's a fancy you know, uh, modern redesign of the Game Boy, right? Yeah, it looks like a. a, a I still have my original Tetris cartridge. I might, I might, I might get this yeah. just to play Tetris again. You think the battery's still alive in that bitch? <laughs> uh, Does the, Tetris support battery? The um, what in my Game Boy? Yeah, it just it, takes double A's. It, uh, no, I mean like the, the cartridge itself. The battery it, safe. It didn't have a battery that would keep like. High scores, I no, guess. No, no, no. no idea. Just everything, everything. I'm gonna give it a try though. No, batteries. I, I, I like, I like the look of this. Oh, I recall. Oh, I didn't know. That. Oh, I like the little dock. Yeah, 
The dock is the most interesting thing to me because okay, I would love to like really sync pretty. up any wireless 8-bit do Bluetooth controller directly to dock for wireless play. You can also connect controllers right. directly via. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they let you um, uh, connect an Xbox controller or a, play, or a DualShock? It's Bluetooth. Why not? Uh, maybe it's a driver Same issue. Thing. What do you like? What black or white? They the, the white they looks have the great. Color, though. I like the black. Yeah. So oh, you're yeah, about the thing. yeah. All right. Ooh, the white which one? Really which one good. do you like, Kevin? I, I mean, I'd have to go with the black, but I feel like the white looks really good too. They both they both look good. Good looking, good, good looking. Little I actually really miss shipping. Like... Come on, I want to look at the tech specs. Sorry, 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 <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Um, I like that it looks like a clamshell. I'm definitely gonna I'm okay. definitely gonna sign up for this. Yeah, I miss having a portrait handheld. Honestly, like they've all been landscaped since the SP. So I, I just kind of like want to. Thin thing that like stays. You in You know my what? Hands. This will probably. So narrow, uh, this will probably be. You know what? This I think this will be really good for mm. is the aftermarket for old game. But you know, you know, when you go to GameStop, yeah, and they have that little case with all the shitty old Game Boy cartridges <laughs> yeah. in it for like two dollars or whatever. Yeah. I think you're going to see a lot of people buying old. Because who, who has those old cartridges anymore apart from yeah. collectors? That's a good point, and I, I think I maybe still have my old Game Boy cartridges. I wonder if they're going to do a, like a cartridge with a micro SD slot. Well, I was going to say what yeah. would be great is what, what a lot of these things do now is, you know, if you've got the cartridge, they'll let you burn the ROM onto an SD card right. mm-hmm. and put like 100 games on there. Right. Yeah. Sort of, and then yeah. you don't have to keep swapping out the cartridges. My recollection is that the SNES at least was jailbroken, and they were able to do that. But I'm not 100 percent sure. Does it? Uh, does it? Does it have any kind of? Uh, oh, you've, you've clicked away from it. I, I just wonder if it had any kind of internal back, storage or there. an SD card slot or anything like that. Go back to the tech specs. Go up. Go up. Yeah. Oh, it does not. Okay, it just said it there. Go down. Analog Pocket does not play ROM files. Boo, it's not coward. designed for software emulation. Okay, so you've I think got they to have, have to say you've that. You've got to have I'd, the cartridges. I'd be surprised if it stays that way. Yeah. Feel programmable Gatorade. That's what you said, where they, re- they recreate the original hardware and, yeah. and software, basically. So, it's, yeah, it's, it's explicitly pretty. not emulation, so it's a 100% software compatible, theoretically. It says it has micro SD. There yeah. you go. There you go. But, but, but they would, well, I, w- I wonder if they have to say it, but it's yes. like nudge, nudge, wink, wink. That is wink. my assumption. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. it is. Okay. Man, I'm going to sign pretty. up for one of these. That's I really think pretty. it looks good. I, like, I, I bought the Super Nintendo one, but I'm really interested in this one, too. What, what do they look like? What are the what are, what are the must-have games that you would want to get for that? For a Game Boy? Yeah, given the it also plays color and advanced oh. games. For if it if it plays color like advanced games, Castlevania is the like Dawn of Sorrow, not Dawn of Sorrow, Aria of Sorrow was the first one on my list. Yeah, uh, I would also really want Pokemon Kid Dracula, which is just a you know it's a nostalgic game for me. Uh, Got to have Tetris. Yeah. Got to have Tetris. Metal Gear Solid, the Ghost Babble. I I would have to like really think about what kind of list I would want. Mario Land to, 1 need, and 2. You know what I need to do is I need to look up a list of like the, the like the 20 greatest Game Boy, Game games. Boy games. Yeah. All including Color and Advance because this will play all Dude, of them. Yeah, yeah, this is crazy that it will play all these. I mean, it looks like you need some sort of adapter for Yeah. Which well, for Game Gear and others I, I don't care about. Who wants to play Atari Lynx games for fuck's <laughs> sake? You know, I don't know. Lemmings, there's Lemmings is the Lynx game. But yeah, that looks cool. Like Neo Geo Pocket Color is the one I'm interested in for the adapter because I I have fond memories of Capcom versus SNK on that. It's just so well, go go back up. What is that about the audio thing? It says uh, go go down, go down. Pocket has a digital audio workstation built in called Nano Loop synthesizer and a sequencer designed for music creation and performance. That's an interesting oh, uh, yeah. so feature. 
That that's really cool. So for uh, you know those like uh, Mega Rand and his friends. Yeah, that like I know some people who would be very into that. I like this a lot. I think between the Switch Lite mm-hmm. and next year this, and don't forget the Play Date. Yeah, handheld gaming is going to be where it's at. Yeah, twenty twenty, the year of handheld gaming. The year of looking down at a screen. Yeah. All right. Quickly, deal of the day is Control. It's thirty three seventy four at Amazon. If you've not picked up Control yet, you can pick oh, it up on PS4 cheap. and Xbox that's One. Cheap. That's cheap. It's like cheap. half price. We have reader mail, but we will get to it in a second. First, I want to talk to you a little bit about Brooklinen. You spend one-third of your life in sheets. Don't you want them to be insanely comfortable? So when you sleep, sleep well. On hotel-quality sheets that don't cost an arm and a leg, Brooklinen sheets are... Brooklyn Sheets are named the winner of the best of online bedding category by Good Housekeeping. They have raving reviews of Business Insider, Apartment Therapy, and Men's Health. They have 35,000 five-star reviews, more than any other online bedding company, and half a million happy sleepers and counting. These are luxury bed sheets, towels, and bedding for, without the luxury markup that you would get for, from other companies that mark them up as much as 300%. Brooklyn was the first DTC bedding company, meaning they, meaning they work directly with manufacturers and then directly with consumers. No middleman, just a great product and service. Sheets don't just feel great, but they look great too. Mix and match over 20 colors and patterns. Greg's Brooklyn and sheets are the most comfortable sheets he's ever slept on. Their towels have turned Tim's bathroom into a spa. Kind of funny, couldn't recommend them more. For friends, family, or treating yourself to the upgrade you deserve. Brooklinen.com is giving an exclusive officer just for our listeners. Get 10% off and free shipping when you use the promo code GAMES at Brooklinen.com. Brooklinen is so confident in their product and all their sheets, covers, and towels that they come with a lifetime warranty. The only way to get 10% off and free shipping is to use promo code GAMES at Brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code GAMES. Brooklinen, these are the best sheets ever. Now, we also want to thank Manscaped, supporting the Kind of Funny Games daily show. They are the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Halloween is right around the corner, and you don't want to spook someone with your scary bush. You might be Chewbacca, Bigfoot, or a hairy bear, but it's what's under the costume that really matters. Greg and Tim are using Manscaped, and they look at each other yesterday in the office and were like, Looking good, man. <laughs> Don't be that hairy guy. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 2.0. Inside the Perfect Package, you'll find your electric trimmer called the Lawnmower 2.0. This waterproof and skin-safe technology will protect you from nicking your pumpkins. You can also create less mess by trimming in the shower. And of course, let's not forget about the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits while you're not putting a deodorant on the smelliest part of your body. The Perfect Package 2.0 also includes anti-chafing performance boxer briefs that keep your package cool and smelling fresh all day. For on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. It's time to get clean and mean with the Perfect Package 2.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code GAMES at manscaped.com. Stay sexy this Halloween. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GAMES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com and use code GAMES. And finally, escape the invasion. Ever wonder what you'd do if you found yourself in the middle of a post-apocalyptic world that's been ravished by a deadly virus inflicted by aliens? Looking for a unique date or game night that gets you off your devices and truly interacting with each other? You've got to check out the ge- or check out this game called Escape the Invasion. It's all about immersive experiences, and they just announced the launch of their new post-apocalyptic-themed subscription box. For the makers of Hunt a Killer, the popular true crime mystery subscription game comes Escape the Invasion, the sci-fi game where you are a survivor on a rapidly dying Earth after an alien invasion. You find refuge in a government bunker. 
But is it safer than the outside world? Can you trust your fellow survivors? You think you're safe now that you've found refuge, but there's a council that creates and controls every aspect of life in the bunker. What will you choose, freedom or safety? With Escape the Invasion, you will receive a box of clues, physical items, and evidence each month. It's up to you to piece it all together, solve the mystery, and save humanity. Not everything is as it seems in this challenging game where you must decide who to trust. Your decision will determine the fate of the story, the bunker, and maybe even humanity itself. It's been called an escape room delivered to your door where Fallout meets Alien. Escape the Invasion is a great way to get off your phones and connecting with friends. Or if you prefer a solo adventure, you can interact with the online community to swap theories and help each other out. High-quality, handcrafted clues get you lost in the post-apocalyptic world and make you feel like humanity is in your hand. Right now, just for our listeners, you can go to escapetheinvasion.com slash kfgames for 20% off your first box. That's escapetheinvasion.com slash kfgames for 20% off your first box. Escapetheinvasion.com slash kfgames. Can you survive the alien apocalypse? That is a lot of words. Can you, um, can you do your scrote with that manscaper? I'd assume because that's always the trickiest area, isn't it? That's what it's for. Yeah, it can do that. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'd assume that's the whole. I might have to ask Greg if he can hook me up with a with a free one. It's because I I would I would give it a try. I've uh, I've looked at it. The what is it called? The man the 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 actual shaving. Yeah. Yeah. And it's instead of having two blades, it's got one blade and then a plastic arm like blade that moves. So that that's the part that if it nicks you, it doesn't cut you. Yeah, because your balls mm. are all like saggy yeah. and uh-huh. it's yep. one thing shaving your face where there's like bone sure. structure there right, to keep right. it there's wrinkles solid. there. But when it's just a big jig, jig, jang, jiggly jangly bag of balls, yeah. how do you how do you do that? <laughs> is it that that's what this is designed to do? Uh huh. Can we all make right. the title for this big jig jang jiggly bag of balls? <laughs> bag of <laughs> bag of balls. Like not what we're talking about. Just kind of funny games daily. Big jig jang gig. <laughs> I can't even say it now. Jiggly jangly bag of balls. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Anybody want bacon? This, by the way, has this been made into KFAF <laughs> content yet? And if not, why not? No. I uh, think Nick and a- I think Nick and Andy should shave each other's oh uh, gonads. God. I mean, extra life is soon. Pixelated. I mean, you know, you you can make it legit. Can you do on the fly censorship? Can you can you can you do live pixelation? Yeah. I'm sure I can figure it out. Yeah. Just like, we'll hold up a sign. I mean, somebody will hold up a sign, not me. I don't want to be anywhere near this. But yeah. Questions. We got Trent from VA. At what point will we have enough different forms for Kanto Pokemon? So Gary, they introduced, last time we talked about Pokemon a little bit. Today, they they had a new video for Pokemon that showed older Pokemon now being giant size in this new game. Yeah, I saw that if you have Pokemon Let's Go, right, then you can gigantify mm-hmm. with your Pikachu or your Eevee, depending on what kind of game that you have in the new Pokemon right. game, Sword and Shield, right? Yeah, so, so they, that's made, cool. they made Meowth long cat. He's literally just long cat. He's okay. a very long cat. Okay. Pikachu is fat Pikachu again. Right. And Eevee is just a very angry Eevee. Right. But this uh, Trent is asking... Don't get me wrong, I love that Game Freak gets attention to Pokemon that have long found out of the competitive meta with updates to Weezing and Ponyta, but I'd give those up in a heartbeat if it meant Charizard stopped getting new forms. The Kanto fatigue seems to keep growing in the Pokemon fandom, but Game Freak keeps chugging. At what point is it more than enough? Thanks for reading my rant, Trent. I, I can't have an informed opinion on this. So, okay, as somebody who's like kind of on the outside looking in... Oh, look at Giganta, G- Gigantamax Meowth. It is straight up long cat. His new move is G-Max Gold Rush. Yeah. Can I see the Giganta ga- Gig- G- 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 Gigantamax Eevee? Because that's the one that we're going to, that we'll have. Because we have Pokemon Let's Go Eevee at home. Yeah, I think that's the one I have as well. I don't want to have. 
Okay, give me a second. Yeah. Look no, on the right left. There. It's right I, there. Top, top left. There third it is. From, third I, from the top. I imagine it's this that, one. That, that looks like That's the least yeah, impressive exactly. one, though. It's got just a beard. Like, Pikachu and Meowth look like kaiju versions of, of themselves. Like, Eevee looks like straight up Super Saiyan Eevee. Charizard looks cool. It's got some like, kind of, like, it. red energy going around his ear. Yeah. I don't hmm. know. Yeah. This is like, uh, what is it? I can't remember what it's called, but, like, is it Kamehameha? No. Ultra Instinct? No, yeah, no. before that. It was before he went Super Saiyan. It was times 20 or something. Kaioken. Kaioken times 20. Yes. You know where he had, like, a little red glow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, like, it is, Kaioken Eevee, I think, is the accept, now yeah. accepted name. It is the canon <laughs> name. But, yeah, I as an outsider looking in, do you prefer when a game series gets, like, they go back to their more traditional roots, or do you want them to constantly keep, like, making new things instead? Um, I don't know. It's a tough one with Pokemon, isn't it? Because Pokemon has got a long yeah. history. And I think sometimes it's nice when, they re- when you've got a very deep lore and a very long history and players that have been with you for all that time and remember like the OG Pokemons. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice to go, to, to, to go back into history and kind of resurrect things. And, no, oh, you haven't seen this in a long time. It's back. That's kind of cool. Uh, but you can do new stuff too. You know, do a, why not do a little bit of a bit of both? I don't, is, is Gigantamax is that a thing? I mean, is that a Pokemon? They do thing? a new thing every generation, yeah. like this. Of like, okay, well now we just have like the we we brought old Pokemon and gave them new forms. So it, this is the new thing for this game is that they make them larger, <laughs> and they take like they take a more like kaiju like form. But yeah, right. Okay. Dumb. My, I mean, my kid's gonna love it. <laughs> you got to start buying Gigantamax giant plushes too. Yeah. They're only going to be slightly bigger, you know? Yeah. Squad up. Lucas from uh, is playing on the Xbox One under the tag Kawi Gonjin, like Kwai Gonjin, but it's Q A W H I. I need help clearing out some weekly bounties and getting my gear up for the raid. I would love to add more people to my circle and help others out. I'm usually on at around 5.30 Eastern. It might be useful to know if, what, if he told us what game he was playing. I assume by when they say raid, they mean Destiny. Destiny 2? Yeah. But I, raid is actually a very... Pokemon is using the word raid now. Whoa. Pokemon Sword and Shield. So who knows? All right, now we look at... You're wrong. Where you guys tell us what we got wrong during the show. All right, let's look through this a little bit. Uh, let's see if we let's see if we get an answer on what was the last PS2 game released. Mm-hmm. What was the most recent game? Anthro Metal does say Imran and Gary, you both look fantastic today. That's all you're wrong. I just yeah, wanted I to like throw that, that in there. Uh, editorializing there. <laughs> the analog pocket does not include the dock for the two hundred dollar price. No, you pay, pay extra for that. I think yeah. that's fine. That's a little. Yeah, I I want to use Would that you to want stream the games. Dock? Yeah, I want to stream GBA games. Okay. Yeah, so, for streaming it will yes. be, definitely be good. Yeah. Because like that's I've been trying to figure out a solution for like how do I do that with like the GameCube and like I'm gonna when yeah. I go home I'm gonna sign up for that thing I like the idea I like the idea of that gadget yeah do you think do you think the Nintendo is gonna do a Game Boy Classic at some point no I think the point of those things is to be super cheap and once you start putting a screen into it it stops being super cheap I wonder if they could find a way to do it on the super cheap yeah I think like. An add-on for like an SNES classic or something like that, like a Super Game Boy classic, would actually be. I mean, cool. look, if you can make a Switch Lite for two hundred bucks with a really high quality screen and a lot of hardware in it, why can't you make a Game Boy uh, classic for for half that with they a could. shittier they screen just, and shittier internals? Because they want the more well, more profit from it. So, like a sixty dollars NES classic is like. I don't know the exact breakdown, but I'm guessing it's. A yeah, I mean, the real answer is something that we can't fathom, which is, can they build it? And make a profit from yeah. it. We don't. We don't know what that would entail. Yeah. But I, I bet you, if they can, they will. 
Yeah, and like, I think it'd be a big market for it for like a handheld console too. You also want to make it more durable than the con- like. Look, there's common. three. There's three truly classic game uh, Nintendo systems: the mm-hmm. NES, the Super NES, and the Game Boy. Would you Would you agree? Ye- truly classic. The, yes. To- if we're saying top tier Nintendo systems, mm-hmm. S tier, it's those three. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put anything else up there. Would you? In terms of formative, GameCube was up there for me. But in terms of like objectively, you're probably right. Yo, Imran, I'm with you. Yeah, GameCube, like the Wind Waker and all that. Like I remember staying home from school to play that. Yeah, but it's not. But it's not <laughs> it's, objectively. It's it's not God. Objectively, it does not have as many like good or amazing games as the other consoles. I right. don't know, guys. Minority Report on GameCube was pretty good. <laughs> that is true. Uh, would where would you place the Switch? Honestly, Switch right now it's hard to say because it's too. It's still, nice. it's, too it's still new. current, yeah. But I actually think that it could end up on that S tier with the other three. I've, yeah, I've heard, I've had friends, like industry analysts, say like they think it's up there with the SNES in terms of Nintendo consoles. Oh yeah, I mean, so here's how. I, okay, so here's what I would do: S tier currently, mm-hmm. NES, SNES, Game Boy. Um, and, and then do you, the when you say when you say Game Boy, do you include <laughs> the whole Game Boy? No, you include Game Boy yeah. Color. Or do you separate them out. Okay, no, Game Boy Advance. You gotta separate them out, right? Do you? Yeah, because like eventually the Game Boy Color games would not. Would they? Always well, let's do it. Okay, yeah. so let's do it. Top tier, NES, SNES, original classic Game Boy. Is there anything else you would put in there? DS. No. Yes, absolutely. DS well, had some. Of the, DS had some of the best games of that generation. I mean, the DS library is. Insane. Yes. Insane. Original DS, yeah. not 3DS or anything. Yeah, original DS. You'd put DS on the on that same tier. Yes. All right, I'm open to that. Next tier down, 3DS. 3DS is the next tier down for 3DS. Uh, not like Game Boy Color. 3DS and Game Boy Color, I would say share. I would put the, Game Boy Color in advance on that next tier. Because like, when I think of Game Boy Color, I think of. Pokemon Crystal, Metal Gear Solid, and Link's Awakening. And I'm trying to struggle to think of other amazing games for that, like, that subset. Like, Kevin, can you think of any? No. It's it's those three, right? But... I mean, I, I was never a big uh, Game Boy person. Yeah. I would also put... Um, just Tetris for me. I'd put GBA above Game Boy Color, but I don't know that i put it in the same tier as, like, the higher ones. Here's the one where I get confused. Where do you go with GameCube and N64? How do you rank those? I don't think they're comparable. I think GameCube is way better than the N64. I agree. I think the N64 was a bad system. <laughs> I don't know that i go as far as bad, but I don't... When I think of N64, I think, like... I, there are almost no N64... Apart from Super Mario World... Wait, what was it? Super Mario 64. 64. There are almost no N64 games that you want to go back and play. There's I Ocarina. You. Well, Ocarina's been remade, I would say, better for the 3DS. Right. Uh, Majora's Mask, probably the same thing. But there are people who like really like those diehard. In that the N64 had, like I want to say, 10 absolute must-have classic games. And then a bunch of, okay, this is pretty good. It had like the Buck Bumble theme. That's all right. But other than that, it's... I would put... I agree with the top tier. Mm-hmm. I agree with the second tier, 3DS and the other Game Boys. Yeah. Um, next, I would go GameCube. And I think that kind of sits by itself. Is there anything else you would put on the same tier as the GameCube? Because I, mean, I don't think N64 belongs on the same tier. If we're excluding Switch for right now, yeah. I would. Switch, I feel like, is just waiting in the wings. Yeah. 
Honestly, if you if I had to put Switch it somewhere right now, tier. I'd put it top tier. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to put it somewhere right now, I'd put it top tier. It brought Nintendo back. Mm-hmm. Oh, big time. You know what I mean? Like big Wii time. and Wii U are such It a will go down in history as okay. one of the best systems they've ever made. There's I, no I question. I actually 100% forgot about the Wii, but I would put oh, Wii because we're waiting to put that at the bottom. Honestly, I would put Wii next to GameCube. We had we Hold had, on a minute. Hold on. We're not talking about the console concepts. Chat is I guarantee you right now, <laughs> Kevin, chat is going oh, fucking nuts. We're talking about Anytime the you start ranking things. We're talking about the library, and the Wii had a bunch of very good games. What did? The Wii. The Wii had shovelware. The Wii had a lot of shovelware. We're not talking about ratio. If we're talking about ratio, then we put the NES the down there, The Wii did have good games. The Wii, the Wii oh, did have what I still personally say is the best Mario game ever made, Super Galaxy, Mario Galaxy. One or two. Um, I prefer one, mm-hmm. but they're both up there. Yeah. I can but agree with, yeah. Super, Mario, Super Mario Galaxy is still my personal favorite Mario game ever made. Yeah. And, like, that's, and it's on the Wii. It's a, it, I think people get, don't give the Wii enough credit. But because what else, okay, what are the other great games on the Wii? I really like Skyward Sword. I know it's one of the least like Zelda's. It's okay. what, I really like that game. It's what it has my favorite Silent Hill, Shattered Memories. Okay. It had a bunch of like smaller experimental stuff from like uh, developers. What was the what was the um, what was the Zelda game that launched with the Wii? Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess. Yeah. Also, I'm not a huge Twilight Princess fan. A lot of people like they're very into that game. I'm not super into it myself. Yeah. But. I would put Wii next to GameCube. I wouldn't put it in the top tier. I, I think I think that's mad. Well, Cube Nine, we're already we're already. Well, no, it's not, it's not even hold on. Not even close to top you, tier. You're already getting angry, and you're, you're not even there for my Wii U defense yet. So. I, I, I want to hear it. I want to hear all of it. <laughs> but I do think we had a lot of great games. The ratio was not good. The shovelware really really dragged it down. The shovelware dragged like it Guy down. Guy Fieri's cooking challenge and all that bullshit. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, also, if we're gonna have that argument, we're gonna have it about the NES too. Because NES also had there was shit. a lot of shit on and the, the NES. GBA and the Game Boy. That's true. Anytime you have a super successful system, and let's not forget the Wii, you couldn't even buy it. Yeah, you couldn't even get it in the stores for six months. It was massively. It was, it was selling like shit off a shovel. Mm-hmm. And so with that comes a lot of people. Shit off a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> Which apparently one, sells super like well. I like that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, anytime there's a system, there's a massive install base, people are going to put out whatever shit they can for it. And you're right, there was a lot of shit on the NES. Mm-hmm. There, was a lot, there was a lot of shit on every Nintendo system, apart from the ones that didn't sell very well, and then people didn't bother. Okay. Let, let's, put, let's put the shovelware aside, though. Mm-hmm. And I think in order, in order for you to really make an argument for the Wii, right. you, have to, you have to come up with five truly great games. Two galaxies. The two galaxies, I'll give you those. I will throw in Zelda. I Which one? Skyward Sword. Okay. Shattered Memories, Silent Hill. Okay. Paper Mario was on that? There was Super Paper Mario. Yeah, I, I, I love that game. Well, Paper Mario was really more, it was a GameCube title. That, the, that, that was that, a new that, door that, one. That franchise. That's not, that's if you, if you're going to start talking about which games, which which consoles can All claim which games, you've got to give Super Paper Mario I, to the GameCube. I had a Wii, and I played Super Paper no, Mario No, no, it was not, never released for GameCube. It was, it was shown for the first time on GameCube. Wait, What? Paper, Paper Mario was wasn't Paper on the Paper Mario GameCube? One was SD4. Paper Mario Thousand Year Door was ga- or GameCube. Paper Mar- Super Paper Mario was Wii. Wait, so what? Which 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 system had the first Paper Mario? N64. Is that right? Yes. Holy shit! <laughs> I don't remember that at all. We're all okay. very old, Gary. <laughs> which also, is the best Paper Mario game? Thousand Year Door. And that is the GameCube, GameCube version, right? Yes. Okay, so there you go. Super so Mario if you're gonna so if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna assign Paper Mario to any system, you have the best games on the GameCube. So GameCube claims that one. I don't entirely agree, but I will say <laughs> that I think Wii has the best Rhythm Heaven. Okay. Rhythm Heaven Fever. 
Okay. Also, so, shout out to Wii Sport. Wii Sport was good. You Wii can't. Sport. I mean, Wii, Wii Sports brought the family together. <laughs> it brought the family together, and it was also like a show off game of like, let's play tennis, and like tennis was fucking fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, golf you know was also fun too. I'm gonna throw this out there. I think there's gonna be a number of Sonic fans that are gonna be mad at me, but I think the best Sonic game of the last, let's say, 15 years was on Wii. Sonic Colors. Also, Chad is apparently going nuts about your N64 snub. <laughs> the N listen. The N64, <laughs> I understand, has a lot of. There's a lot of nostalgia value for it. Mm-hmm. But as I've said many times before, like as, as with the PlayStation One, those consoles <laughs> that took the first faltering steps into the 3D world. Yes. That stuff is. Go back and look at it now. It is fuzzy. It, age well. it is shitty. It does I could not still, look good. I could still go back and play Mario 64 those, and still have a great time. With I would that. say well, that I would say the N64 and the PlayStation One are the two consoles that have aged the worst over the years. Mm-hmm. In terms of you do not when you go back and look at those games now, they are ugly as fuck. They are absolutely ugly as fuck. Like graphical technology, they don't compete. But like in terms of De- design stuff like I could I played Banjo-Kazooie just a couple of years ago on Rare Replay it was fine I wasn't it wasn't my kind of game but you know it was fine there there yeah. are N64 games that I will there are certain things you have to give credit to the N64 yes Super Mario 64 reinvented is, was, was an absolute watershed moment in games right it, it, it made 3D in games viable in a way that had never been imagined possible before mm-hmm. I remember still being I was editor-in-chief of PC Gamer. We had Next Generation Magazine down, down the hallway. And we would go into, and I, would he- I could hear the people mm-hmm. from Next Generation going, holy shit, what the fuck? And I was like, what's going on? I went and they were playing Super Mario 64 for the first time. Mm-hmm. And they'd never seen anything this like it. This crazy. And it was, and it was, it was one, of, it was, I remember looking at it going, holy shit, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, it would ne- we had never seen it. Now we take it for granted. But Super Mario 64 was the progenitor. Yes. It, it, and, 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 it let, and we got a lot of shitty clones. We had Bubsy 3D and all the bad shit that came out after it. But Super Mario 64 showed what was possible. I mean, almost every 3D game today has Mario 64 to owe to, like, what they are today. I'll also give a shout out to the N64 controller. I know a lot of people don't <laughs> like it, but I love no, the N64 you controller. Don't you don't yeah, I do. That. No. Yeah. No I do. Way. I do. You're joking. No, I liked it. Um, on that note, hold Gary on. We're not done yet. We're not done yet, but I think someone else has to record a show after yeah. this. Are we getting? Yeah, are we yeah, getting yeah. pushed out? Yeah. We will do, next time. You and I can host we, together. Can we, can we agree that we is that we is on the bottom tier though? No, I'd say. What, what, I, what, what I, do you I, think? Like Virtual Boy is bottom tier. Well, yeah. I mean, okay, that's that's trash tier. But like, <laughs> where, where, do you, where do you put the Wii U? I would put Wii U alongside N64, and that it had a bunch of a number of very good games, but it was overall a crappy system. Right. Okay. And you would put Wii above the Wii U? Yes. All right. So you would put Wii U on the bottom tier? With N64, but I mean, at the same time, also, like, there were good games on there, like Splatoon, like Mario 3D World, like Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Those were were fine games. It just, the Wii U had one good game every three months. That's the problem. Yeah. The Wii U was not great. Yeah. All but right. It was, it was the, but it was, as I've said many times, it was the system that was necessary for the to switch get us to, to the switch. Yes. Uh-huh. It was the important stone to trip on. Gary Witta, yeah. thank you for coming. Thank you for hosting with me and arguing with me about Nintendo systems. I'll see you next time. See you next time.